Are you a creative type of person? Today in the podcast, we're going to talk about creativity. And I'm not going to make it boring. I'm going to give you some ideas that have worked for me because I've been accused of being you know, creative sometimes. Um, and some tips for me that have worked in my life uh, to help me come up with ideas for the show, for the book, for parody songs and that type of thing. Um, uh, and to me, it's a really interesting process. Um, so even if you think you're not creative... Hang on, I can give you some tips on that coming up, and they're simple tips. Also, more misadventures in the history of KDWB. We're going to start the podcast right now. Here we go. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. Uh, it is another quarantine weekend. We're in week number five or six or whatever, and um, as a lot of people say, it's Blur's Day. It's a Sunday, but it feels kind of like it could be a Saturday or a Wednesday afternoon, but we're not going to talk about too much of that stuff on the podcast this week because, you know, everywhere you go, my gosh, I did a Zoom call with my family about an hour or so ago, and, you know, it was only a matter of time until we got to the coronavirus stuff, and you turn on the news, and it's all over that, so I thought I would do something a little bit different. I'm going to start off with uh, some of the misadventures over the years of KDWB. And I've asked for help with like Lee Volsvik and Patty Burts, who used to be on the show. And uh, I still see Lee every day. Honestly, for a while, when Pat left the show, we didn't speak for a very long time um, because Pat was mad at me because he, you know, he didn't want to leave, honestly. And um, uh, he was mad at me for a long time. But I think that now his life is much better than it would have been had he stayed. So Pat and I are buddies again. And Pat truly is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Um, Lee is down the hall. I see her probably, well, in the last week I haven't seen her because I've been working from home. But Lee remembers back in the day. So let's get started with some of the misadventures of KDWB over the years. Uh, And here we go. Extreme Jamie used to be a stunt guy on our show. And he used to go out and do stunts and funny things back when the word extreme sports or extreme skating or extreme biking was kind of a big buzzword. So we had this kid. um, He was a kid, you know, 20, 21 years old. Extreme Jamie started with an X. And he he always wore a pair of um, Speedos to do his stunts. And uh, some of the stunts we did, he did was like uh, drive a a bicycle off of a high dive. And that was kind of cool. He did, um, my gosh... One of them was he rode a snowmobile through a flaming wall of hay, and that was probably the favorite one that he did. But Lee brought up one that he did where he got somebody fired, and here's what happened. Uh, We had Lee, or we had Jamie, sit in the back of a school bus, and then if you've ever ridden a school bus and sat in the back, when the bus hits a speed bump, you know that you get launched in the air. So we had a bus driver uh, put Jamie, school bus driver, put Jamie in the back of the bus, in the very back seat, went about 30, 40 miles an hour through a parking lot, hit a speed bump, and Jamie went up, and he hit his head, and there were some bruises and things like that. He was okay. But the bus driver got fired. I often wonder what happened to that person because, you know what, that sucks that they did that. Um, You know, I'm sure that it wasn't their career dream to be a bus driver, but still, that sucks that they got fired for that, and I always felt a little bit bad about that, but it makes for a decent story. Um we uh, one time delivered a baby, uh, not on the radio, but we adopted a single mom, and we went to her Lamaze classes. This was back in early 90s, mid-90s. Went to her Lamaze classes with myself and Lee and Pat, and then there we were in the delivery room. We got the page or the phone call or whatever back then. It might have been a page, and said, okay, she's having her baby. And so we went to the hospital, and I remember 
<laughs> they said, Casey's room 305 or whatever. I woke, opened the door at room 305, and there was nothing there but vagina. A wide open vagina, and I did not expect to see this, and I was taken aback. But, I mean, that's going to be part of the birth process is a wide open vagina. And uh, there it was, and I didn't know this woman very well, and I'd never seen her naked before. And all of a sudden, there's this. But let me tell you something. In the moment of helping somebody give birth and coaching and helping her with the breathing, um, uh, you don't even think about it. It's one of those things where the shock wears off pretty quickly after about 10 or 15 seconds. We were like, push, come on, you got this, don't forget. <sighs> Your cleansing breaths and all that. So that's something else we did. Um, we did put a tattoo on somebody's ass. I think it had to say KDWB, and they got some kind of a prize for that one. Um, uh, let's see star parties over the years. Um, I can, I don't really have a whole lot of stories about star parties because they're mostly just work for us. I will say that one of our interns who is not 21, we did a star party once at a local casino and she got arrested for being drunk underage and while on duty, they didn't arrest her for being on duty at the time, but we fired her for being on duty. So there's all kinds of little misadventures over the years. Um, uh, a lot of them are kind of like, well, they're, they're fun. If we sat down for an hour or two at Fridays and we had drinks and apps, I would tell you some of these and bore you to death. But um, some of them are just moderately interesting. I'm going to give you a couple of more. Uh, this is one of my favorites. We used to have uh, Pat go out and do stunts. <clears throat> and one of the stunts that he did is we got a parachute and a parachute harness. And we went out, and he laid down on the sidewalk outside of Nicollet Mall. And uh, the gag was we wanted people to think, oh, my God, this skydiver fell to earth. There's his parachute. There he is unconscious. Well, the first time we did it, it was funny. And we're like, oh, my God, that was a riot. And people fell forward. And people like thought it was funny or whatever. The second time, somebody called the cops. And when they called the cops, all the fun was over. So we didn't do that bit again. Uh, and uh, what else was there that uh, I'm scrolling through this? Um, but we drank the world's most expensive coffee one time. It was called Luwak, L-U-A-C or L-E-W-A-C, something like that. And it's coffee that had been eaten by a Luwak bird and then pooped out, cleaned off, and then roasted like regular coffee. Now, in the early to mid-90s, for example, or I guess at the time, this was a very exotic blend of a brand of coffee. And uh, very unusual and hard to get because the beans had to be picked out of the poop and cleaned off. So we all tried that. And you remember it tasted dusty. It was not a good cup of coffee. It tasted dusty. So uh, that was another one. We used to do a bit called uh, The Mile of Meat where we had uh, about 101 men line up along a road. And I think the one time we did it very successfully was along Highway 55 in Golden Valley. And they each had a card that read... 1 through 101, and women would drive by, and they would say, oh, I want number 26, or I want number 54, and they would call us, and they would reserve that one, and we'd say, okay, number 54, you're off the list, go find your car, we'll see you at this bar coming up on Friday night, so then we all met at this bar, and about half of the women didn't show up, and some of the guys didn't show up, but the ones who did, it was a whole lot of fun, and I think there was some baby-making going on later that night, or at least some baby-making practice, because people would either meet their date and hit it off, or they'd meet somebody else's date, and they'd hit it off. So that was something else we did that was kind of cool. Um, and I really, I mean, that's for now. I don't want to get too boring about, you know, things that happened in the past on KDWB. I always just thought that was kind of cool. So, all right, let's talk about creativity a little bit. Uh, 
so I wondered, you know, what what it is that makes some people creative and other people not. And I really don't know. It's the same thing that makes some people a natural athlete and some people just not or makes somebody a natural a natural at math and other people are not or somebody who's a natural I don't know musician is a really good one because musician this I there are the prodigies who can play amazing you know concertos is that how you say concertos at four years old or play amazing violin at five years old and there are other people who can't play really anything and uh, I don't think it's something that they can take credit for. They can't say, yes, I am so good, and it's because I work extra hard. I think it's just something that you're born with, and um, some people are just going to be better than others. Uh, One of my favorite, most creative people ever is um, uh, Paul McCartney. And you think of the creativity he had back with the Beatles when he was like 20 to 28 years old or whatever, and the songs that he put out were just amazingly creative. And even musical experts today look at this and go, how did he know that, you know, um, doing a chord this way or going you know, to this note would sound so amazingly pleasing to the ear? Because the simple way to do it would have been to do it this way. So his creativity has always amazed me because, you know, you look at some songwriters and they can write maybe a couple of hit songs. And then that's really it. You look at somebody like Ed Sheeran or Diane Warren, who have written a ton of um, amazing songs, and you're like, wow, how did they do it? I don't know. I could not write a hit song or even a nice melodic song if I had to. I did write the song Wet Like the Rain, but if you listen to Wet Like the Rain, it is not a melodic song at all. If you don't know what Wet by the Wet Like the Rain is, then go on iTunes <laughs> and buy Wet Like the Rain. And um, uh, it's just a bad song, but it's supposed to be a bad song. So creativity. This is what I've noticed, and I kind of put this analogy together maybe 15 years ago, and I've never shared it with anybody. But this is, I think, one of the reasons why I have a tendency to be creative and come up with ideas for bits and songs and parody spots and little, little ideas and publicity stunts and jokes and you know things like that. Fallon says that if she could lift the top of my skull up like a trash can lid. It would look like a toilet bowl lid. Uh, there would be all kinds of shit smears inside of my head like a toilet bowl. Now, that's our girl Fallon in her own creative way describing what she thinks the inside of my head might look like. And when she said that, that was kind of funny because there is a lot of stuff going on in the head of a creative person, and a lot of it ain't shit. A lot of it is really bad. A lot of it is, I don't want to say dark, but just impossible or ridiculous or whatever so um but here's one thing that has worked for me and I think one of the reasons that I tend to be a little more creative um not than most people but just maybe than some people um is that when I was a kid I exposed myself to everything I watched talk shows I watched game shows I listened to the radio I played board games I was in boy scouts I went camping I went on trips I watched sitcoms, I listened to music, uh, and another thing is when I was a kid, my next older brother was five years older than me, so when I was 10, I really kind of had to go out and play by myself out in the yard. I had friends, but you know we lived out in the country, so they couldn't just walk over. My closest friend was about five miles drive away, so uh, I played a lot by myself. 
I think I would like a lot of time throw a baseball up on the roof and then it would roll back down and I would catch it. My dad used to hate that. He like, you're tearing up the shingles. So I would do it when he wasn't home. Um, uh, so I, I think that also that kind of led to some creativity. But I call all of those different things that you can put into your life and you can do it now. It doesn't have to have happened when you were a kid. Uh, your creative pantry. And what do I mean by creative pantry? Well, think about this one. If you fill your mental pantry with a lot of things, it's kind of like filling your kitchen pantry with a lot of things. So therefore, when you go to assemble or make some recipe, you got a lot of options because you don't just have flour, butter, and eggs. You've got a whole bunch of different things. You've got spices. You've got chocolate chips. You've got raisins. You've got um, whipped cream. You've got strawberries, whatever. Now you can make something way different, way better. So instead of just peanut butter and bread, which is only going to result in one of three things, plain bread, plain peanut butter, or peanut butter and bread, now if you have a lot of different things, you can make some amazing creations. So... I always tell people, if you want to be more creative, do something that you don't, don't normally do. Whether that's go for a walk, whether that is learn how to, I don't know, learn how to play an instrument or buy a pogo stick. That's stupid. Don't buy a pogo stick. But I think that if you do something different out of your norm, now you will have more ingredients in your creative pantry. Does that make sense? Uh, and I think that's worked for me because I put a lot of ingredients, uh, Fallon and Steve and my wife all accuse me of, I have way too many interests. And I do. And, and and you know what? They're not all expensive. Reading is not expensive. Going for a walk or camping is not expensive. Um, I fly airplanes and that's probably the most expensive thing that I do. I don't own one. I just rent them. And it's not cheap, so I don't go as often as I used to. Um, uh, I play the ukulele. So Think of some things that you can do, some experiences that you've never tried to make yourself more creative. And remember, a lot of them can be free. Um, uh, maybe, I don't know, what do they say, drive a different way to work? I don't think that's going to really help. But just try some different things to stock your creative pantry. So, uh, and then a lot. I, I came up with a phrase a couple of weeks ago. If there is a need, filling the need will spark your creativity. And I'm going to give you an example. Uh, that I won't talk about on the radio. Um, uh, on KDWB, our job is to appeal to younger people. Just like you know, tobacco companies wanted to keep younger people coming in and advertise to them to smoke because their base was dying off on KDWB. It's just the way a, a pop music station works. We have mostly young people that listen to our show, but we have a lot of people my age and older that listen to the show too, and we appreciate anybody who listens to the show, no matter how old. But we have to keep restocking the shelves with <laughs> young people. So as our audience gets older, and some of them might you know, decide, oh, KDWB is not really my station anymore, or that's not really my music anymore, that's okay because we'll have younger people coming in to take their place. So we were like, well, what do we do to appeal to these younger people? And it's really difficult in 2022 or 2020 and for the last few years because there's so much competition. There's Spotify, there's Apple Music, there's iTunes, there's all kinds of apps, etc. We have a great app, iHeartRadio, uh, but you don't have to listen to the radio on iHeartRadio. You can pick a genre of music. You can listen to all whatever it is you want to listen to. You can listen to all Selena Gomez if you want to. If you want to. So we said, what can we do on our show to, we have a need. 
We want to fill that need of bringing young people in. So I thought about it, and I came up with This Week on Campus with Sydney. I said, Sydney is kind of funny. She's kind of wild. She's always got something to say. She's very personable. So we asked Sydney if she would do a report This Week on Campus. Oh, yeah, she'd love to. She does a great job with it. But there was a need for it, so that's why we came up with a creative solution. Uh, I had another one here. I wrote it down, and I can't remember what. Oh, yes, I do. Um, So... (laughs) There is a need on our station to appeal to women because our station primarily um, targets women, even though we have tons of guys that listen to the show, too. It's kind of like watching Ellen. You know, Ellen primarily targets women, just like Oprah did, but there's a ton of guys that watch Ellen and love her anyway. So if you're a guy and you're listening to our show, trust me, you're not alone, and we appreciate that. But we said we need to make sure women know that we are recognizing them. So I came up with the idea there was a need. So in other words, we start with a need, and then we go, what can we create to fill that need? International Women's Day broadcast. So all day on International Women's Day, um, uh, and I'm not bragging here, patting myself on the back. I'm just telling you how this happened. I came up with the idea to do a day full of women. All women hosting, and we came up with a schedule, and I wrote all the different scripts for them, and I said, you can ad-lib around this, and you can tell your own story here, Um, but I wrote all the scripts, and then Fallon, and I think Jenny helped me come up with the women that we could have do it, and we came up with some amazing women, but I go back to, why did I create that idea in the first place? Because there was a need, so what is the need in your life? Let me challenge you a little bit. What's the need in your life that you can get creative with? And this is a really good question. So let's say, I'm, I'm just going to read your mind a little bit here. What is the need in your life? Maybe you want to feel more connected to your spouse or your partner. Well, you can do nothing and hope that works. But if there's a need to feel more connected, then what could you do that's creative? Maybe, just off the top of your head, turn off all the you know outside stimulus, turn off your phone, and do a puzzle. That might not be your thing. You can also say, we're going to go for, we're going to go on a picnic. This week, I'm going to make a couple of sandwiches. We're going to get in the car. We're going to go to a park. We're going to sit down there at the picnic table, and we're going to have a picnic. Or we're going to go for a ride out somewhere. Do something that you've never done before or haven't done in a long time. What's another need that you could have in your, in your, uh, in your life that you might, maybe more customers? Well, what can you do to get more customers? Well, I mean, obviously, advertise on KDWB, right? Well, some people don't have the money to advertise on KDWB. So what can you do? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not really the person to ask on that one. But I would say, off the top of my head... Find out somebody who's really good at social media and have them show you or go on YouTube and find out how to be an amazing social media influencer. Um, It's been easy for me and Fallon and Steve because we started with a radio show. So when we said follow us on Twitter and Instagram, instantly we got thousands of people who followed us because of the power of KDWB. But if you don't have that, I'm going to guess you probably don't have your own radio show. What can you do? I've had people reach out to Fallon and say, Can you give me some tips on becoming a better social influencer? And poor Fallon answered as many of these as she could. And finally, she said, I can't I can't do this every day. I can't just help everybody who wants to sit down at Caribou and pick my brain on how to do social media better. But you can probably find out if you know somebody who's good at it or go online and read some articles. So there's another problem 
that you have to create a solution for. And my lesson here is a lot of the time, creativity comes from trying to solve a problem. Uh, I hope that helps. I try not to get too deep in things here as far as creativity, but I think that if you just have more varied experiences in your life, that will help you. Do things you've never done before, that will help you. Find out why you want to be creative. What need does it fill? If there's no need for creativity in your life, maybe you only work with numbers or you're a doctor and maybe doctors don't need to be creative. I don't know. Maybe they do. But if there's no need for creativity in your life, then don't sweat it. There's no pressure to be creative. But it is kind of fun to like kind of play with things in your mind. And I will say this one last thought. Don't shoot down your most ridiculous ideas right away because sometimes you'll come back to an idea and you'll go, holy shit, that sounded pretty crazy at the time. But it's actually kind of a good idea. We've done that a million times on our show where I'll bring up something. I'll say, what would a bit sound like if it was called uh, um, uh, uh, Fallon versus Steve? I don't know. What would that sound like? Oh, that's a dumb idea. But we come back to it later. We come up with something that's a really good idea. So don't filter out your ideas just because you think they're dumb. They might come back to be something really big. And then one last final thing. Don't fall in love with an idea if it's not a good idea. There's a lot of things where we've come up with it and we've said, there's got to be something here. There's got to be. And then we'll come up with an idea and we'll go, no, it's just not happening. And sometimes it's really hard to let go of one of your ideas. They're like a, they're like a, a, a puppy that you adopted. And you don't want to get rid of this puppy that you adopted because it's sad and it's so cute and it needs a home. But sometimes the puppy just doesn't belong there. There is a terrible analogy and we'll wrap it up with that hey listen thanks for listening to the podcast um, uh, we're trying to do some different things here on the podcast give you a little different flavor i don't like the idea that it's just me on the podcast but it's become really difficult to get guests on so thanks for listening i do appreciate it oh i did want to read one letter we're going to wrap that up, but then I'm going to read one email here because I really like this one and uh, she took a lot of time to write this email so i want to read this from amber and she says, Dave, first of all, thanks so much for all you do to brighten everyone's spirits during this difficult time. I'm a huge fan of the Dave Ryan Show, and you guys are doing a great job in trying to create a sense of normalcy for the community. Your hard work is not unappreciated. I've been working from home since March 17th, so all this time at home has given me a chance to catch up on the podcast, including take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. I often catch myself responding to you out loud when I agree or disagree with something you said. I'm sure my dogs think I'm crazy by now. Anyway, I never thought I would email with my thoughts, but something you mentioned in, the past in a past episode has really made me think and I wanted to share. You mentioned in an episode that Adam of Adam Ruins Everything only agrees to help or mentor women and people of color. My first reaction was good. But the more I think about it, the more I'm con having conflicting feelings about it, says Amber. Let me give you a little bit of context. I'm a woman. And I am a person of color, although I don't like that phrase as it feels like it somehow negates my experience as an African-American. But that's a discussion for another time. So when I first heard this requirement for assistance from Adam, I felt seen in one sense valid, and in one sense validated. In my experience, people are more likely to help mentor those whom they feel share similarities. I know not everyone is like that, but I've seen um, uh, others who were not as talented or hardworking as I am receive more help and guidance as an undergrad in my professional career simply because they are more similar to the person offering assistance. Knowing that someone in a position of power is willing to leverage it against, uh, leverage it to assist those who are just marginalized 
gives me a sense of justice and peace. Okay, Uh, but as I said, she says, I'm conflicted about this. The more I thought about it, the more concerned I was about it. I prided myself on working hard to get what I want and achieve my goals. And the absolute last thing I want anybody to say about me is, well, she only got here because she is a woman and or a minority. I want to be recognized for my merits, not because somebody gave me a leg up on the assumption I couldn't do it by myself. While the intention behind this decision from Adam is good, will those people he helped be marked as, well, they are only doing well because Adam helped them get ahead? In short, will this type of assistance cause further issues and minimize someone's abilities in the eyes of others? I don't know what the right answer is, but I'm uh, but it's something to ponder. All this time in quarantine has given me way too much time to think, Anyway, like I said, thanks for doing everything you do and providing quality entertainment to break up those long days. Sincerely, Amber. Amber, I appreciate your email, and I worry about that too. You know, if somebody who got in not based on how smart they are, but because of some other reason, do you want that person doing surgery on your child? I wouldn't. You know, I. I but I, I've never run into that occasion. I've never run into... Anybody, man, woman, minority, anything like that, where I said, oh, don't think I want them flying the airplane. I guess maybe I just don't have that mindset and maybe I'm lucky that way. But who knows? I think that there have been times, obviously, where someone got hired not based on their qualifications and they weren't very good at it. Um, There have been some flying stories that I've heard where pilots got hired not based on their qualifications, but because the airline company wanted to look good. And uh, and sometimes it didn't work out that well. So, uh, and I don't want to be any, sp- go into sp- specifics. There's one, um, uh, this is a, a pilot, and I think her name was Carla Holtgren. I want to say, I'm going to look it up really quick here. Uh, she was a lieutenant and naval adi- aviator in the United States and the first female character carrier-based pilot in the U.S. Navy. She died just months after she was certified for combat when she crashed her plane into the sea on final approach to the USS Abraham Lincoln. Now, this is in 1994. Carla Kara is what it is, and you can look her up yourself. K-A-R-A, Holtgren. Um, she was the first female pilot to be trained to fly off of car- carriers or something like that, and, and she died. And the Navy, the rumblings were that they rushed her through she wasn't qualified, but the Navy was under tremendous pressure to make someone a pilot who was not a man. And so uh, I don't know anything about it except what I've read. But it does seem that it's very possible the Navy was grumbling. They're like, we didn't want to make her a fighter pilot. She wasn't ready. She wasn't qualified. But we were under such political pressure to have a female fighter pilot. And she was the first one. And she paid for it with her life. And was she a good pilot? By the accounts I read, not really. But I haven't studied a whole lot. But I think that's kind of what you're talking about, Amber, when you talk about how you want to get to where you are, not based on special treatment, but because you deserve it. Amber, I'm going to make an assumption about you. I don't know anything about you, but you are particularly brilliant because you're listening to this podcast right here. Hey, just some food for thought. Listen, uh, send me an email to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. We always uh, love checking emails, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. By the way, the book makes a great graduation present, and you can order it on itaskabooks.com. 
or just send me an email and I'll get one out to you. Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Sold out on Amazon. Sold out on Amazon. But you can still get the Kindle version too. All right, you take care. We'll see you next week.